You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. It's been a joy to be with Brother Thomas and Brother Rock, uh, Brother whatever your name is, uh, Brother, uh, what's your name, Brother uh, Ruckman, and uh, I appreciate both of them, both of these couple. I love them both and thank God for them. I've enjoyed it thoroughly, Brother Thomas and, and uh, Blessy. I've never heard of that word Blessy before, and, uh, but <clears throat> she, uh, they both have been a joy to be around, and I'm, I, I, it's a wonderful thing when you meet an Indian fellow with a great personality. And so, uh, and so, uh, Brother Ruckman, of course, uh, I've known him before. We've been in together. He got a, he got some great children, and God blessed him with them. And you go, you boys, make your that mom and dad look good. And so, keep it up. Okay, God bless you all. All right, in the Book of Ezra tonight, the Book of Ezra, we have a pray to be a help and a blessing to you. Please pray for us tonight as we uh, as we, we proceed here this evening. And Ezra, in the Book of Ezra, chapter one tonight. <clears throat> I'm going to read some scriptures and then we'll get into the message and pray with us about this. And uh, we, uh, I got it all upside down now. What happened? Okay, there we go. Um, I'm not sure. Okay, I think I know. Okay. In the book of Ezra, chapter number one, this, this, this evening... In chapter 1, the Bible says here, Now in the first year of Cyrus, the king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred the spirit of Cyrus, the king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, the king of Persia, the Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah. And build the house of the Lord, God of Israel. He is the God of it, uh, which is in Jerusalem. Whosoever remaineth, if you can circle that word, if you have a word, if you have a pen, uh, in verse 3, let him go, if you would, circle the word go. But in verse 4, for whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the men of his, of, his, of his place help him with silver, with gold, and with goods, and with beasts, beside the free will offering that, for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. Then rose up the chiefs of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin, and the priests and the Levites, with all them whose spirit God hath raised to go up to build the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. And the Bible said, finally, in verse 6, and, and all they that were about them strengthened their hands with vessels of silver, with gold, with goods, with beasts, and with precious things, besides all that were willingly offered. Father, I need your help tonight. I can do nothing without you. I need asking, Lord, pleading with you, Lord, that you'll help me be emptied on myself and be filled with the unction of the Holy Spirit of God. We pray, Lord, that you will work in the hearts of your people. Yes. God, that we can see our purpose and the importance of what we are doing together. And we do this for the glory of God. We pray, Lord, that there be anyone here tonight who's, up, who's in our midst 
and they sit along the sidelines. Let us, Lord, see, get into the game, be a participant, yes. and Lord, be a faithful member to help this church continue to, man, to, to, to go forth. Father, we pray for your power now. We're asking, we beg it in Jesus' name. Amen. God made it clear that he wanted the work to be done in Jerusalem. He made it clear to the king. He made it clear to the people. Everyone who knew that God wanted him to do something in Jerusalem, the king said that there are two types of people. In verse 3, we see one type, and the other in verse 4, we see the second type. In order to accomplish his work, his plan, it is imperative that these two types of people know where they are and what they are supposed to do. If either of these people are in, are in the wrong place, it is, it is detrimental to his plan. We see that there are two people. There are those that go and those that stay. It seems that whenever God does a work on earth, there are always these two types of people. <clears throat> And in the book, in the book, in the book of Acts, we see this in the Old Testament as well as in the and the New Testament. In the book of Acts, chapter eight, verse number one, in the latter part of verse one, the Bible says, "And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judah, Samaria, except the apostles." You see a group here that had to stay, and a group that had to go. You see in first in Acts chapter thirteen. The first missionaries were sent from Antioch. There were those that go and there were those that stayed. In Romans chapter 15, verse 24, we see that, that Paul talked about those that had to go, that was himself, and those that were to stay. In Romans chapter 15, verse 24, the Bible says in, in, in a portion of that verse, because of time, it says, and to be brought on my way, thitherward by you. I, and then we go into 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, the latter part, verse 6, that you may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go. There's a group that had to stay, and there's a group that had to, that had to go. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 6, Paul talked about those that go and those that stay. In chapter 1, verse 16, in the latter part of that verse, because of time, and of you to be brought, excuse me, and of you to be brought on my way toward Jerusalem. You see a group here in this verse, a group that had to stay, and a group that had to go. May God help us all to understand that we have a purpose. There is a purpose for every Christian in this room tonight, and your purpose is, great, is of great importance. If you, if you feel there is a group of people that have to go, if God put that on your heart, as Brother Ruckman and Brother uh, um, Thomas have stated in their messages, it is important to go. You get a heart for God and he wants you to go, by all means, go. But if, if, if those that have a heart, please go. That God has touched your heart to go. If he does, please go. Those that must be chosen by God, there are those that are usually go, are the ones that are often seen and oftentimes, for lack of a better word, glorified. <clears throat> But I want to say to you that though, if God touched your heart tonight during this week, during this week and God's touched your heart and you're wrestling with that, with that, and I would just beg you, if God can take this mental retarded boy 
and he can change his life. He can, he, it is true that God can use anyone in this room. There is absolutely no one that God cannot use. I recall time and time again how I know stories of how God has used. We have a theme in our church. In our church, I want to put it on the wall. It says that life signs, everybody is somebody. You have to understand tonight that everyone who's born again, bought, blood bought from God, and God's mercy has been shed upon you. You are. Listen, sometimes there are church members that look down. They look. They look down on other people. But I want to tell you something tonight. They do that in the deaf world. They do that in the hearing world. They're the educated. They're the uneducated. But God chooses the foolish things of this world to compare right. the wise. The Bible says in Psalm 139, verse 14, For I am fearfully and wonderfully made, marvelous are thy works. The word marvelous has to do with study it. It has to do with set aside for. God wants to take anyone and to use them. If God has touched your heart tonight and it, and it is not for your job to, and, and, and you are to go, by all means, I beg you to go. Because you will find that God can use you. But I want to talk to you mainly, I want to focus tonight, if I could, on those that are to stay. Those that are to stay, they must be sure that God did not want them to go, but rather stay. You see, if you're in the wrong place tonight, it will be detrimental, as I said, to his plan. Now, by the way, there are some people that God wants you to go but he's not quite gotten you there to the point where, or sometimes your own life, your own sin, and your own holding back is hindering God from fully using you. And only you can know that. But there are some things we all know as a pastor, we know, we see, we see that God can use a certain individual, but there's always one or two things that in that person's life that is hindering them from being used. But whosoever, the Bible, the Bible says for those in verse number uh, four, but whosoever remaineth, I want to talk to you about that group tonight. If I can use these five men up here, where's the other gentleman? If you guys come up here for a minute. I don't know why, but I have this paper all ordered that I got them mixed up when I put them up here, but go ahead. If you could, you come up here. Uh, actually, let's do it this way. Let's, 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 let's do it over here because I got the young people over here. I'm sorry. I'll do it right here. Lock arms, if you would, all five of you. If you would. Now, I want you to imagine tonight that King, the King Cyrus is this gentleman right here. You hold that card, if you would. King Cyrus. God has touched King Cyrus' heart that he was to build a build, a work for God. And then the Bible goes on to say, if you read this passage with me, you'll find that God had, that God had to use other people. And, and, and some of the verses here was that God, that he had to, there were builders involved. There were givers involved. There were, there were masons involved. And there were cooks involved. All of those people came together for the sole purpose to be used of God, to, use, to be used of the King Cyrus to help do what God put on his heart. Now I want you to try to imagine tonight if perhaps now, just, a, just about a year and a half ago, you've received a new pastor. God in his goodness 
It appeared from all that I know the transition had been fairly smooth. It is important, it is vitally important that, the, that we join together with what God has put upon pastors' hearts. If you would pretend this evening that, the, that, that, that if, if, if King Cyrus, what God has put on King Cyrus' heart, it's, it's just like if he put it on your pastor's heart. God cannot, God needed these men to be involved in the work that he wanted to accomplish. And each and every one of you members here tonight have a vital part in building and continuation of this church. If you ever feel that you're not a part of something important, you are greatly misunderstanding your purpose in the church. It is true that so often, so often there are some people that come and just sit and then turn around and leave. It is true that we only have Sunday morning Christians that are only interested in being religion, religious. But if you understand that God has a purpose for your life, and if you want true fulfillment in the Christian life, you need to join the, the, the hands of your pastor. When pastor comes behind this pulpit and he shares with, 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 with you his heart, you know, I, just, I would jokingly say, Brother Steen today, he said he doesn't like to waste money on flowers. And I found out Brother Heath doesn't like to have Valentines because he doesn't like to, uh, he, thinks, he, uh, he thinks he can sell, give flowers to celebrate Valentine's on their anniversary. <laughs> so obviously you've got a lot of work to do. Yes. <laughs> these men, these men have, these men need to learn some romantic ways. Now I have to admit, I'll confess, my wife said to me at my 10th anniversary, she said, honey, you're kind, you're considerate, you're, you're uh, 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 thoughtful, and you're giving, and all the nice words she could say, but she said, you're not romantic. Mm. That's time for romantic. <laughs> so you've got a lot of work to do. But the truth of the matter is, oh, some of you ladies are agreeing. <laughs> You better get a marriage. You better get a marriage retreat going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you know, in marriages in this church, the marriages in this church are the critical element, yes, sir. the strength yes. of the godliness in this church will begin with the families. So it begins with God, with God working in the families. And through the family's participation allows God to work in and through your family. But God has given you a person called pastor. Tonight I encourage you, I beg you to get involved. I want you to pretend, let's just say that God has put you on your pastor's heart. He had a, he visualized a plan. And you know, in chapter four, verse one, uh, in chapter 4, verse 1, I, I don't have time to read all the scriptures there, but in chapter 4, verse 1, it says, and now when the adversary, the first one, if you read the next few verses, you'll see that there are a few people that pretended to be in the work, but they were really not a part of the work. And then there was a certain uh, pretender that went to the chief of the fathers who asked to be a part of it, but the wisdom of the chief of the fathers said, you're not really a part of this. You're not really a part of us because you have ultimate, you have ultimate, uh, 
uh, uh, ulterior motives. So, and I, unfortunately, there are people that have joined Lifetime Debt, or tried to join Lifetime Debt Baptist Church, and they pretend to be a part of it. We see this. We see it. We know it. But as long as these people come, I feel like as long as they don't know no problems arising, I, I, I feel that we can try, as long as they're hearing preaching, there's some hope. But here tonight, I want you to try to imagine that this gentleman here has caught on, these gentlemen here have caught on to the fire and the vision and the passion and the drive of their pastor. They say, Pastor, we're going to get behind you. We want to do everything you feel that God wants you to do. We're not going to be one of those adversaries. We're not going to get on that group of people. We want to be with you. Amen. Well, this, this, this gentleman here, he gets up at 6 o'clock. He gets up 5 a.m. in the morning. He reports to work at 7. He goes to work at 7. He works till 5. And he works all day long. And, he, and the same thing with him. He gets up at five, uh, 6 a.m., and then he comes, he comes home, and then after work at 5 or 6 o'clock, he eats his food, and then he comes, and then he, he, well, he gets up at 11 o'clock, and then he, <laughs> and he does his work, and then that's why he stays late. He likes to pretend that he works late, but he doesn't. He just arrives late. I like him. He's okay. He's got a hair on his chest. <laughs> But you see here, these are faithful men behind the pastor. They've joined hands with their pastor. They love their pastor. And yet, they come home, they work all day long. They get up and they, they get up and they go to work. They come home at 5 p.m. They go to the kitchen table, they change their clothes, <coughs> and they go to the kitchen table, and then they, and then they, <coughs> excuse me, I got quit smoking, man. I don't smoke, okay? I don't smoke. I gave that up when I became a Christian. God, by his grace and mercy. I was a teenager. I did smoke with a teen, uh, teenager. But I, thankfully, God gave me grace to quit. Amen. I've been saved now since 1982. But you know, <clears throat> these men work hard. They are family men. They are men of character. They are behind their pastor. They love him. They first love God, but they understand that the, this is God's man. Follow me as I follow Christ, Paul said. Yeah. Yep. The Bible says in John chapter 4, 9, verse 4, night cometh when no man can work. There's going to be a time when the lights are going to go out in your life. There's going to come a time, as in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, where everything around you is going to be weary. There's going to come a time when you can't even, you, you, you need help to pick up a grasshopper. But these gentlemen understand that there's a purpose, and there's a purpose for their life, and so they get on board and they join their pastor. <coughs> if you, if you, if you, if you, what's, what's the other man at? Oh, you poor man, you come up here. These, this man, he's married, he has children. These men bring their children along with them at 6 o'clock when they come to the church and they join their pastor to whatever he needs to be done around here. 
There are walls that need to be painted. Carpets that need to be cleaned. Trashes that need to be dumped. Snow that needs to be plowed. Toilets that need to be cleaned. Windows that need to be wiped. Nurseries that need to be wiped down. Diapers need to be re re refilled. Sunday school teachers need to be in their place. They are they they they're, they're teaching and they're working and they're and they're doing their part. So you try to imagine whatever you are doing tonight in your church, it is critically important that you take care of your stay, because you see when God you two missionaries do come up here please if you would, just just two of you I want to bang your wipe up, you deaf come on up here, okay, <laughs> go over here if you would. You see, these, this is a group of people that represent you. Yeah. Yes. But also because, go, go down on the, third, on the steps, okay? Now these gentlemen here, they have produced this group. That's their children. That's their next generation. The Bible says, and I think it's in, 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 in Ezra chapter 2, the ancient men rejoiced. The ancient men rejoiced because the second house was being built. This pe these people here, these people here, they had sacrificed. They, made, they gave up their money. They gave up their talents. They gave up their time. And their children followed along with them. The families joined together. They built a, 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 good, they built a house for God. And then there were, then there was a, and these people are the results of their work. If you don't mind, step over there if you want. Step over, step out of the way. Okay. I'll use them in a minute. That's my fault. These people are the result from their faithfulness, from their sacrifice. There's going to come a day when they can no longer lift up a grasshopper, or they're going to be ancient men, and now they're going to be, they're, they're, now the, the church is going to be turned over to this generation. Yes, this generation may prefer padded chairs instead of pews. This, hopefully, now, there's no compromise in that. I'm not going to, I don't know what I'm saying here, but, I'm, but I do know that there are, they, these people love God. They give them themselves because this generation did. My challenge to you tonight is you don't labor for yourself, but labor for the fact that this is going to be there someday. You see, if you can help me, uh, because it is so often said that when the church doesn't take care of their stay, the missionary cannot be provided for. The work of the church is to help those that need to go, go, and you can't do your go if the people back here don't take care of their stay. You hear me well, please. If you don't take care of your stay tonight, and you don't take care of your giving, and your and your cleaning and your evangelizing and your and your and, and and you don't join your pastor, you're going to find out that 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 this generation, this church, all of these sacrifices will be for nothing, if you would allow me. It'll be deteriorated. And one day these light bulbs and this place will deteriorate with pilling paint, with dead lights, and all the air, the rooms are shut off over here, the rooms are shut off over here, and this room over here, this side over here. We'll have a divider here, and this 
this room right here, we'll have a divider here, and then all we can rely on, the unit of the entire property, is this group right here, and these two pews, this section. Time and time again, in my 38 years of Christian, uh, Christianity, I have seen where churches are dying because they didn't take care of their stay. There is no job in this church that is insignificant. There is no Christian in this room that should not take care of the stay. And by that, I mean this. Come on here, brother. Sorry. You said right here. If this Christian right here, man, he's hard. This Christian here represents each and every one of you in this room tonight. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, keep thy thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26, ponder the path of thy feet. The word ponder means to hold, to roll flat. Look it up. To roll flat. What that means simply is, as as you continually Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it, the word, the, the word diligence, keep thy heart with all guarding. Keep thy heart with all guarding, for out of it are the issues, that is the decisions of your life. The more you guard it, you're supposed to walk circumspectly. I'm not a military man, but you walk circumspectly, guarding that heart. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24, keep thy heart on your heart, neither give place to the devil. Did you know tonight your heart is for rent? There is something or somebody or something going to live in your heart that can either make you or break you. If you choose to be godly, you become godly. If you choose to inherit the world, you will inherit the world. My challenge to you tonight, take care of that stay because the future generations depend upon it. America needs Christians who stand strong. My brother from my brother, my brother from India said the mentality of the the rest of the world is that all people in America go to church. Boy, do I wish that was true. I wish that was true. But I want you to know tonight, brother, each and everything you do in your life. You are making something or somebody is living in your heart. The habits that you make, the things that you do will develop your character. What you do with your heart is going to determine what God does with you. You hear me tonight? This business of staying is not just sitting back, folding our hands, watching everybody else do the work. It's getting involved. And then there, there is where the joy becomes. And the, the joy dwells up, it dwells up, it springs up because I got on team, I got on board with my pastor. You can make a choice tonight. And now this is the whole other sermon by itself, which I'm not going to go into at all. But you can make sure, give me those, give me those papers. We got time. Listen to me. If you don't take care of your stay, these missionaries come home. These missionaries come home. And they, and they, and they, they come, they come home. 
And when they come home, they have to come home, go raise new support because people in the church don't take care of their stay. Pain is deteriorating. Walls are being put up. Lights are shutting down. Because the Christians in the church couldn't take care of their heart, protect them, keep that. They, they didn't roll flat. They roll it flat. You roll it flat. You keep going. You keep protecting. You keep watching out. You keep guarding. Because each and everything you do in your life is determined. It will determine the outcome of your life. There are no small decisions with God. Each and every decision you make is critical for your God to use you. There are no small decisions. You know, I don't, this is just me. I don't fault you if you do. But I cannot use a root beer with a brown bottle. Because if I'm sitting there at a red light drinking it like this, and a Christian who a weak Christian comes by, sees me drinking this, drinking this root beer, they go back and they tell someone, I saw a pastor drinking a root a beer. You say, well, that's their fault that they look at it that way. But I have an obligation not to be a stumbling block to other Christians. You know, I know, I'm not against you if you drink root beer. I'm not against it. I gave up papal deputation. But I am concerned. If you gave me a brown bottle, I'm not going to walk around with it like this and drink it and like, it's, like, it's a, like it's a root beer. When I, see, when I was a teenager, I was a lost man living for the devil, and I sat on the street corner or the, store, or the convenience store leaning up against the wall. When I saw the police officer come by, I put it in a brown bag. I put a, a big uh, two, uh, one liter uh, 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 Pepsi into a brown bag, and I, when I see the police officer go by, I'd go this. He give me the stare, and I take the paper down, and let him see it's just a paper. I mean, it's just a Pepsi. But I wanted to do it on purpose. I wanted to stick it to him. No, I don't stick it to him. Not the right word. I was like, got you. See, the appearance the police officer would say, I I care about what's up. You better care what it looks like. My brother this morning speaks on sanctification. There is no, oh my, if we could clean up our lives, if we could clean up our lives, listen to me, we all falter. We will. This godly man, he falters. And his wife knows his faults. I told him, I said, man, I want your body. I just don't want his health. But you see, Guard, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. You say cursing is is not a big deal. Cursing is not a big deal. Christian, I have found more and more, the longer I live, in this day and generation, we don't mind cussing. We, have, we live in self-pity in your heart. You have gossip in your heart. You got re- rebellion in your heart. You put complaining in your heart. You got criticism in your heart. And then you have evil thoughts in your heart. You have bitterness in your heart. You have pride in your heart. You have anger in your heart. 
And then you have selfishness in your heart and you have hate in your heart and you wonder why God can't use you. All of those things that are unspiritual and you wonder why God can't use you. But if you want to turn things around in your life, you want to turn things around in your life and take, take and you put Christ in place, you'll find that things that, that you can, your cussing can turn to a holy conversation. You can take self-pity and thinking of others. You, you, you can take hate, hate and learning to love. You take selfishness and you learn to give. And you take anger and you have self-control. You take, you take, you take uh, pride and you have humility. You take bitterness and you learn to have love and peace. You take evil thoughts and have pure thoughts. You take criticism and you have praise. You take complaining and you have, you have contentment. You take rebellion and you have obedience. And then you take gossip. Then you have the word of praise. What's filling in your heart tonight? I beg you with all of my being, guard your heart. Guard your heart. I see, oh, is that your daddy up there? Stop that. But he's your influence because you're here tonight. I want to tell you, brother, everything you and you do is going to affect him. Your godliness or ungodliness is going to be contaminated. I beg you tonight. I watched this man all week. He reminds me of me when I became a Christian. Hungry. I was just come forward and I begged God. When a church service is over, I want to do more. Yeah. I mean, with 45 minute preacher, come on, man, give me another hour and a half. <laughs> I said, that's it? I want more. He reminds me of that. I beg you, if you learn to take care and be a part of the team, you protect and guard the heart with all your being, this generation will come along and they will re- you will become old and frail and you go, rejoice! Because the second house is being built. You know why missionaries have to come home and raise new support? By God, full support, they come back. Churches have dropped them while they're over the field. Either because of uh, some, some division in the church. A new pastor comes in, whatever reason. But they come home because people have not taken care of their stay. They don't give anymore. You know, something I've learned in my Christian life, the secret to getting is giving. Yeah. Watch. And the more you give, the more joy will abound in you. You've been very generous people here this week. We're humbled by you. But the secret, one of the secrets of getting is giving. If you are a church member here tonight, I'd like to stand back and watch everybody else give.
You're missing it. If you're a church member here tonight that, that is critical of everybody else who gives, you're missing it. Yes. Somebody has said in your heart, somebody has said in your heart, Ephesians 4.27, neither give place to the devil. Somebody or something is living there. I want to ask you tonight, are you willing to examine your heart and say, dear God, that little thing that I'm holding back, Help me get rid of it. Brother, I don't know you. I don't know your new wife. But I know that God wants to use you. Yes, he does. Amen. And it's going to be determined by what lives in your heart. If the church dies, the walls are set up, built here, the wall is built here. I've seen that happen. When the largest church in America, I've seen some of the largest churches in America close doors. I know a church that had 500 missionaries. I had over, I had over at one time, 2,500 people. And now they're down to 67, 50, 60. Just a few years ago, just a few years ago, because people in the church did not take care of their stay. Don't take care of your heart. This is, you're going to drive by this property one day and say, I used to go there. I used to see God work mightily ways here. This is the place where I came where God worked and the altars were full. I used to. And you know it begins with every one of us tonight. It begins, of course, with the pastor's vision and for him to keep his heart and clean and pure and righteous and try to do his best to walk with God. Yes, he's going to be, a, he's, not, he's an imperfect man, but as you lift him up in prayer, you join him, you say, Pastor, I'm praying for you. I love you. You sustain this man and his wife. They can't operate without each other. I beg you tonight, those that go, they must go. But those that stay, take care of your stay so that this church can prosper. Not just one generation, two generations, but another generation to follow. May God help us. Help us to take care of the missionaries so that they don't have to come back home and, and ask for and raise more support because people in the church wouldn't take care of them. Thank you, fellas. You stay there. You all be seated. You keep your papers. Go ahead and be seated. Go ahead and be seated. You stay there. You see this little thing right here? You see this little thing right here? Well, I mean, my son, this, this, this was given to me my blonde daughter. She came to me, she said, Daddy, I love you so much. That was her words. And Mommy wrote it down and put it on. Oh, is that Brooklyn? Okay. <laughs> no, Brooklyn did. I say Brooklyn. Justin did another thing. 
But I had a, I had a boy, I have a boy at home, he's 23 years old. When he was five years old, he walked into my office on an Easter morning. He walked into my office on an Easter morning and he handed me a little egg, a plastic egg. And he said, he, he came to me with the cutest blonde, blonde-headed boy you ever saw in your life. He came to me and I was sitting at my desk getting ready for Sunday school. <clears throat> I mean, come up here, come up with Jay. Come up here, man, I'll help you out, come up here. Come up here. I'm helping him out. Wake him up. <laughs> you see this boy? I had a boy like this once. Chase. What'd they say, Jade? Whatever I say, I'm a deaf man. Leave me alone. I had a boy like, how old are you? How old is he? Seven. I had a boy five years old. He came to me and gave me a plastic gag, and he said, Daddy, I want to give you this. I opened it up, and there's a little metal heart inside of it. I closed it up. I patted him on the head, and I said, thank you, son. I thank you. Then he said, then as I closed it, and I opened my drawer and put it back in there, he said, no, 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 Daddy, you don't understand. He said, Daddy, I want to give you my heart. You have a responsibility tonight to take care of your stay. Yes, sir. Because little... Chase is dependent on it. Yes. Amen. That's right. Yes. Amen. Let's put in our heart the good and godly. Let Christ reign. Yes. Amen. Let Christ have his way. Mm-hmm. And then so when I'm an old man, I can outdo you young guys. I can look, come back to this church one day and say, they took care of their stay. Amen. And the church continues to thrive. Yes, amen. Pastor Jet is full of silver hair. <laughs> I beg you. Thank you, Joe. Go right there. I'll stand right there. Thank you, gentlemen. I asked Pastor to give me some, I mean, there are much more people here that are loyal. Obviously, I can't bring you all up. Pastor said, this, 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 this. Because there are people that are with the program. Thank you. Because you are preparing for the next generation. May God help us, Jay. Go, you see. Let God have his way. And let it begin with Faith Promise Week and this commitment to Christ. Commitment for missions is help keeping the work of God going. Father, I pray tonight that you'll help us to be Christian, that will protect, that will work diligently, walk with God diligently, seek the mind of God daily. Lord, let us be Christians.
that would take care of our hearts so that there may be a second and third and fourth generation and that the life of this wonderful church not be diminished. Father, I beg you tonight that you will help Christians that will humble themselves and come to you and they will come to this altar and they will ask you, dear God, that you'll, not, that you'll help them to take care of their stay. And they give you their heart. Father, we ask that you'll work on the behalf of, may the Holy Spirit of God move these men and women, husbands and wives, boys and girls and teenagers. Help them to come to this altar tonight and beg God, beg you to take out things in their life that should not be there so that they can maintain their stay for the glory of God. Well, thank you for it. In Jesus' name. There we have bowed every eye closed, Pastor. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.